Delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.TV. Taking a bite out of technology. Hello, welcome to episode 512 of the Two Techies for Saturday, August 15th, 2020. This is the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less with Aaron Fisher and myself, Jimmy Bunting. Come together once a week to discuss, converse, scrutinize and explore the world of tech. This week, Apple further alienates themselves from an already distant community. Google Home listens even when it's not prompted to do so. And shock horror, Instagram stored deleted content on its servers willingly for more than a year. I say once a week, and the running joke is it's once a week every four weeks. Sorry about that. 27th of July, we're getting better. So next week, just next week, there will be a show. So the two-week and the three-week gaps will they'll hopefully be ironed out at this point. It's crazy. In, in, in the world pandemic that we're in, well, I guess the news does play a factor, but we've also been really busy as well. So it's just been trying to tie things up. We're, we're still here. Relax, it's fine. There was mass panic. Did you see on the news all of the, the, the worried people? The world was ending. That's it. Not because of all the other things. No, 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 no. Because because we, we hadn't been inconsistent. <laughs> Hopefully everyone's Us. staying safe, staying healthy, enjoying the weeks as they go by for, for what they're worth as much as they can. Um, technology, I, I guess summer isn't always the, the busiest month for technology anyway, or at least in the last ten and a half years of doing this show, they haven't been. And I guess a lot of that time is spent by the companies either R&D, preparing for and i hate to say it the quote holiday season in that obviously they're, they're going to be ramping up production for sales and expecting an increase of sales apple at this moment in time will be preparing the launch of the iphone 12 probably not preparing probably finessing fine details or maybe we're unaware we're blissfully unaware but there's mass panic in headquarters at the minute because everything's just gone upside down because of supplier and availability uh sales everything who knows or somewhere in between this is episode 500 and that's a pretty significant number for technology because, obviously, obviously, it is exactly half of a kibibyte. It's a common disk sector size in itself. Kibibyte is the multiple of a unit of a byte for digital information. The binary prefix kibi is 2 to the power of 10 or 1024. Therefore, one kibibyte is 1024 bytes. It was established in 1998 as the International Electrotechnical Commission, or by the, the IEC, I should say. And weirdly enough, something stuck as a common accepted standard. Isn't that amazing? I'm surprised that Samsung don't have their own and Apple don't have their own and Google don't use their... This was before this was a thing, before segment segmentation fragmentation in the industry existed. Goodness knows what it would be like if it if it was created today and in its inscription. Apple's 512.2, Samsung's 516 actually. Yeah, no, is that... Could that be... Apple would charge you a premium for it. Maybe, sometimes. Not that I'm bit. Or a subscription. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of Apple, a lot on them this week, or a good amount, in the fact that they are, I don't know, they're going to war with the gaming industry. And I guess iOS is at stake with the future 
future of gaming and iOS and, and how that exists is going to be brought into question, of course. Google, the home, this this is the problem. This is the worry with these home smart devices that they listen when they shouldn't. Alexa, Apple, HomePod, Google Home. And we all say, no, they don't. They definitely never do. And there always seems to be stories that say, well, they, they have done. And then we go back and say, yeah, but they don't often do. <laughs> it's just It just proves us wrong every time, doesn't it? We just, uh, we, we're just trying to justify our purchase. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. Nothing to see here. Yeah. And speaking of privacy, Instagram, vis-a-vis Facebook in another form, kept deleted photos and messages on their servers for more than a year. Concerning, we'll talk about why later. Before that, we're going to go to the quick news. Eurostar has blamed the coronavirus pandemic for its decision to remove free Wi-Fi from standard class carriages. But keep it in the premium seat. A spokesperson told the BBC the move had been temporary and Wi-Fi had now been restored throughout trains. He did not explain how COVID-19 had affected providing Wi-Fi from a trackside network to standard seats. Mark Jackson, founder of the internet service provider site ISP Review, said the decision to restrict it to premium seats as a result of the pandemic made, quote, about as much sense as dancing naked on lava. The Wi-Fi is provided by a trackside network of mobile broadband cells, and it was unclear how additional safety measures introduced as a result of coronavirus would impact the delivery to standard seats, he added. A new remake of the 1980s British computer, the ZX Spectrum, has soared past its crowdfunding target in just two days. The ZX Spectrum Next Issue 2 has raised nearly £900,000 so far, way beyond its £250,000 goal, with 28 days of fundraising left to go. More than two and a half backers have chipped into the project so far. The Issue 2 is an updated version of the earlier ZX Spectrum Next, which was funded via Kickstarter in 2017. The Kickstarter... Uh, sorry, the ZX Spectrum Next Issue 2 is to include upgraded hardware such as a faster processor, twice as much memory, and a high-resolution mode, though its computing power is closer to the original than modern high-end computers. The Japanese giant Toshiba has sold its final stake in the personal computer maker Dynabook, means the firm no longer has a connection with making PCs or laptops. Sharp brought 80% of Toshiba's personal computing arm in 2018 for $36 million and has now bought the remaining shares, Toshiba has said in a statement. Toshiba's first laptop, the T1100, launched back in 1985, weighed 4 kilograms and worked with 3.5-inch floppy disks. In 2011, Toshiba sold more than 17 million PCs, but by 2017, that had fallen down to just 1.9 million. In 2016, it has ceased making consumer laptops for the European market, focusing only on hardware for businesses. Recent years have been difficult for the conglomerate. In 2015, the firm posted a full-year loss of $318 million. And finally, the co-creator of the computer mouse, William English, has died aged 91. The engineer and inventor was born in 1929 in Kentucky and studied electrical engineering at university before joining the US Navy. He built the first mouse in 1963 using an idea put forward by his colleague Doug Engelbart while the pair were working on early computing together. It would only become the commonplace two decades later when personal home computers became popular around the world.
on initial reading, this Eurostar story doesn't make sense. And the analogy of making about, quote, as much sense as dancing naked on lava at first would probably ring true. But then you have to remember, Aaron, this is a virus, coronavirus, COVID-19. And wasn't 5G blamed for coronavirus? Maybe, just maybe. Eurostar felt it was within the passenger's interests that they would not have... No, that wouldn't work because Premium got it. I don't... Mm, strange, isn't it? Very I, strange. I absolutely love that. It's like, take it away from the peasants, but not from the uh, the upper class. It's just... I mean, I, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a reasoning behind any of this. No one seems to have been able to get out of them a reason. Maybe they do have a perfectly acceptable uh, reason, uh, n- but... Update, update, they don't. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't this make sense. This was any a deliberate sense. ploy to try and get more money because, obviously, economy or standard class would have more passengers than than premium or first or whatever they referred to and they used this as an opportunity to say well we can't deliver the service because there's a global pandemic which makes absolutely no difference to the service being offered whatsoever <laughs> it completely backfired on them completely and funnily enough oh it's back oh, we're, we're able to provide it again what a load of rubbish that's because coronavirus disappeared didn't you hear <laughs> you think that uh the zx spectrum next issue two as i said two and a half backers that's so it's going good <laughs> <laughs> not not two and a half thousand. No, 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 no. As I said, two and a half. I wonder what the half is. How do you do a half? Well, I, I don't know. Half a person. I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe, no, no, I, I can't come up with anything witful in the next a small child has backed it. Do they count as half a person? That could be. No, no, don't be so rude. No, couldn't be that. I don't know. It's No, who, who knows? Uh, two and a half thousand. Sorry, we don't mean to report fake news. Uh, Toshiba. It's a company that, well, it, when you say laptop, you, I, I don't immediately just think Toshiba. But when you say Toshiba, I just think a, a major electronics company and not really a personal computing technology company I just think a major electronics company Um, Yeah, I mean I'd say Toshiba were definitely for a long time were up there in the, when you wanted to go get especially a new laptop it was, you know, all the choices like Acer, Asus, Toshiba uh, Panasonic if you wanted a tough book, um, which is still going I believe, Um, Dell Dell were obviously kind of the premium brand I guess Um, well, they acted like the premium brand, whether they were or not different story, Um, but yeah Toshiba made some good stuff um, for a long, long time. Um, but I haven't seen a Toshiba notebook in the wild for a very long time. So uh, not a surprise to see that they've uh, shut the lid on the uh, business after a long time. Obviously, these companies continue to operate, but they don't necessarily have the best financial records in recent times. And that's worrying because I'm a big fan of, of multiple companies being buoyant and producing good products because it's only that that innovates and causes innovation within the industry. If you just have one or two, they are more than able to to, to sort of stifle innovation. They're able to charge whatever they want for, for whatever service or product they're, they're selling. And the innovation doesn't come as quickly, which means that you have to buy more products over time to get the same you know features that you would otherwise. And so the more companies, and, and it doesn't they don't need to be direct competitors. You wouldn't compare Toshiba with Samsung or Toshiba with Apple because the two just don't have well they do, but they, not, not necessarily the most popular products competing with each other. So they they complement each other in the industry, but in the same way, they cause innovation and they cause the other companies to stay on their feet. I mean, so seeing that their their financial statements haven't been so so good over recent years is a bit worrying. I was just taking a, a gander at what some of the others are doing because I know we've 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 heard stories over the past few years of multiple manufacturers getting out. I was just looking at um, what Lenovo are up to these days, um, 
they are doing very well for themselves when it comes to money. 2019 revenue of $51 billion. That's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. But um, I think you're right about competition. Um, I think there is still a good and healthy amount of competition when it comes to the personal computer space outside of, of, of kind of the likes of Apple. I think we've, whilst we're seeing some companies like Toshiba disappear, I think we are seeing other companies such as Samsung um, and a few others kind of come into the market or become more popular in the market. Maybe not in the same way, but uh, I don't think the, the number is disappearing. I think we are seeing more of the kind of old school, the big manufacturers that we think of are kind of leaving the consumer market a lot of the time. We're hearing quite a lot of them are going kind of business and enterprise only. Um, yeah. You look at it, it's, it's something that like IBM did a very long time ago. You never hear the name IBM thrown around anymore, but they are still an absolutely huge company just in the enterprise sector. IBM did it at the right time, especially for IBM because they, they just didn't have the the clout to continue in the personal computing space at the time when you looked at the, the competition that was around. So they, they, they got in at the right time and they, as you said, it worked very well for them. So it's, it's 100%, it's definitely just not the companies that are doing business to customer, it's also the companies that are doing business to business. And what you find, as you just said, from those who are not so forefront in the consumer market at the moment, some are very well doing, are doing very well in the, the business to business market and will continue to do so. I'm actually, I'm actually just going through a couple of these. I'm just I'm actually surprised at the revenue. I mean, these are all um, reports from last year, but Dell up doing 90 billion a year. Um, I think like Asus and Acer must be doing pretty well. Obviously, they kind of have their, their fingers in a lot of pies. Hmm. Um, Christ, 2018 uh, Asus revenue 354 billion um, <laughs> IWAN dollars, um, which is just crazy. I mean, Motorola still kicking around. You got Acer, HP, Huawei, Samsung. Those are kind of the new ones. Um, so I think while some are leaving, definitely, uh, definitely new ones turning up. And finally, sadly, sad news in that the co-creator of the computer mice. Um, died 91 years of age William English 1963 it's a device we sort of take for granted isn't it I hold one at the minute in my hand and just you don't think about it really it's just commonplace it, it's yeah crazy but 91 a good innings and obviously his legacy will be in all of our hands really Apple this week and in weeks prior have been rattling the cages of those in the gaming industry they've always had a pretty complicated relationship with, with gaming this month that sort of slid into the bitter and very public legal and regulatory war that could shape the future of iPhone apps. The first escalation occurred when Apple laid out in clear terms why it has no plans to quote, ever approve gaming services from its tech rivals Google and Microsoft. And the second was when Apple kicked the massively popular Battle Royale hit Fortnite off the App Store after its creator, Epic Games, provoked the company with a rule-violating update, kind of two for the price of one. So Epic countered Apple's removal with an antitrust lawsuit, prepared well in advance and complete with a detailed 62-page legal complaint. It may be a strong enough case to impose long-lasting changes in Apple's business, actually, but Epic's dramatic public performance, an unprecedented bit of corporate trolling the likes we've never seen has set up feuds with apple as a fight bordering on good versus evil with apple the corporate bad guy aggressively taxing and restricting developers epic's complaint argues that behavior like this also breaks the law and funnily enough just completely off topic
topic, but there was a story through the week. It's not in the, the show. It's not, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't too much to talk about. We've, we've, we've discussed something similar before, but in that a an app company or an app, which was a, a very small at the start startup, I think between uh, wife and husband. And it was, I can't remember if the name was Pear, but the logo was definitely, I think it was, and, and, and the logo was a pair sort of drawn. And Apple I either launched a lawsuit or put in, do you, do you know the answer here, Aaron? I put believe. Season uh, desist or something along those lines? Basically every media outlet jumped on that Apple were like suing them into oblivion or whatnot. But I think someone said, basically what happened is the, uh, the company that uses the pair logo they filed for a trademark and i believe any time a trademark request is filed it goes up for kind of like planning permission it goes up for public consultation um and obviously companies can put in grievances or you know we don't like that and i believe that's what apple's legal team did they put in a um some kind of a note or letter to say uh no basically i don't think apple suddenly <laughs> launched a legal battle or anything with them um from what what i was reading it said the the company with the pair logo they don't even need to hire a lawyer with what apple have done obviously i'm I'm sure they will and have done especially going through the trademark system but it's like it's not the type of thing you have to uh you have to go to court with or anything it's just apple well, probably apple's legal team being very overzealous with uh with it um someone made a good point uh i don't know if you ever watched nickelodeon shows kind of in the early 2000s but there when they always used to have a macbook on screen it was always covered uh, the back was covered, but it was a pear instead of an Apple logo. So this isn't the uh, the first time Apple have uh, been in wars with people using pears. Clearly, but yeah, big companies versus small, and this is this has been and it will continue to be a very big story in the media. In that these big companies have huge powers because they have huge banks, uh, huge bank accounts, huge figures in their bank accounts, and the small guys, the startups, and the small companies just can't defend themselves against that a lot of the time. And so the argument is that companies like Facebook, Google. Apple, Samsung, and so on, need to use their clout in a much more sensible and respectful way, as opposed to just as you've rightly said, aren't it, launching legal battles left, right, and center when they see fit because they, they, they see something they don't like. Not something that's the threat to them, because let's be real, a pair company starting up now is not going to be a threat to Apple in any shape or form, but they're going to contest it anyway. I think just on this uh, gaming story, it's worth noting that obviously so much of the, the, the media news is surrounding Apple, but it's worth noting that Google also pulled Fortnite off the Play Store and Epic have also launched a legal battle against Google as well. So yeah. Apple were the first to do it, hence all the media outcries against Apple. So every time you see the, the news story at the moment about Apple versus Epic, it's Google as well. Google are not the good guy here. They are not the, oh, Android would never do this. You know, that I've seen so many times. It's like, but Google also pulled it. I appreciate on Google system, you can sideload things and there are the app stores and whatnot. So you are you are probably able to get it back on there. But um, kind of two sides to this, and specifically talking about the Epic thing, because the Microsoft cloud gaming thing, Microsoft were pretty unhappy about that the other week. Um, but it's tricky, because both of these, specifically the Epic thing, um, so what Epic did is Epic are huge. Fortnite is huge, but Epic, the company you make, are even bigger. Like, this is not a little guy versus a big guy here. This is, you know, Clash of the Titans. Um, Epic, uh, from what I understand, in Fortnite, there's a way of buying in-app purchases, loot boxes or coins or something like that. You purchase something in the game with real money. 
And obviously at the moment, um, they're going through or they were going through Apple and Google's in-app purchase process, which means that they had to charge more, I believe, because Apple and Google obviously take something like 30% um, because they facilitate charge. It's their app store. That's what they see as the right thing. It's what has always happened. That rule applies to everyone. Whereas what Epic came along and did in both the Android and the iOS version is they decided they were going to implement their own payment system, obviously circumnavigating the 30% rule on both platforms, and they were able to offer it cheaper to the end customer. And what they did is when you go on the screen to purchase whatever you're going to purchase, you can see that it says something like Apple payment system, £9.99 or $9.99 and, you know, Epic payments, $7.99 or $7 or whatever it is. You know, they were taking that 30% out, Mm. obviously going to lead more people to click the cheaper option because why would it not? But not going through the in-app purchase system on either store means that you break a clear rule violation. Apple, Google have made this very clear, especially Apple in the past, that if you facilitate payments through your app as an in-app purchase, and I believe there are exceptions to the rules. So I would imagine services like Amazon and eBay and e-commerce stores are probably exempt. I'm not not 100% sure. Um, But take a service like we know if you sign up for Spotify. For a long time, Spotify didn't allow people to sign up in the app because they would have to charge, you know, a monthly subscription has 30% locked off it, 15% after. Mm. Um, And there are even Apple, this is where it gets a little bit bad on Apple's side. There are even Apple App Store rules that disallowed Spotify from saying or directing people to sign up on the web. So you couldn't have a sign up button in the app that took you to the website to sign up because that was a violation of App Store rules. So basically companies like that were kind of backed into a corner where you either suck it up and, and pay the 30% or you you know you have no way of signing up. Um, I think that got settled a little bit, but this kind of obviously hit the news this week again because Epic deciding to clearly knowing what they're doing against both these companies. Apple had it pulled within hours and literally immediately after um, Epic had posted a mockery or like a video mocking Apple's 1984 ad and they had filed their legal notice already. So they clearly knew what was going to happen and had everything ready. Um against both companies specifically targeting apple i get the impression i'm not sure if they ex- if they were a bit unsure if they didn't expect google to pull it um, because all the action is against or most of the public action is against apple here um it's an interesting story um i can see i think from epic's point of view why they don't think that apple should have just such a stranglehold like this but on the flip side this is a rule for everybody it's not like epic have been singled out and had their their app removed uh, for violating this this rule or whatever. Everyone has the same set of app store guidelines on both platforms to, to go by. And I know we've talked in weeks past how sometimes it seems like some companies get preferential treatment. Um, but this is a rule that everyone has to follow. And Apple did what they normally would do. Although I did see some people say that if you violate a rule like this, Apple normally gives you 14 days apparently to fix it. Whereas instead, Apple just completely kicked it out the store almost immediately, um, which I find quite funny. Apple clearly not afraid of the backlash here. We all know how big Fortnite is. It's one of the biggest um, 
brands in the world at the moment and it has been for, for a couple of years now like Fortnite is absolutely massive um particularly with a younger audience um so ha- it missing from platforms is is probably gonna hurt them more than it hinders them but they clearly don't care i would imagine apple kind of see it as if, if target audience is primarily a younger audience probably not the type that they're gonna are gonna be influenced into buying another iphone or whatever um especially as google have given them no place to go but um yeah it's an interesting story i see people taking sides in this it's like don't take sides just just sit back get the popcorn out let's enjoy the two corporations going at each other's throats because it's pretty funny i i i see apple's point of view though and i'm, I'm not taking sides i'm i'm very against big tech companies using their power to try and with light smaller companies and i i think it's it's wrong on all levels however that's not what's happening here and i think it's very important to, to note that what is happening is google and apple now whether or not they are doing it for the right or wrong reasons they're doing it for the reason that can be seen which is they are trying to protect the end user in that they try and contain the payment system in-house to ensure nothing funky goes on and so apple and google both have a pretty good backstory and excuse for doing this so any backlash they get they can just come back with the old we care about our users and we want to protect them and in a way i i see that's the case i see that as being right and i i guess you could say well fortnite's a big 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 concern and you can trust the developer and that's not what i wouldn't question that yeah you probably can because you would put your your car details into other payment portals online of big companies you can trust also but what you can trust is that they are as on top and i'm not saying they are not but i'm saying there's a potential they're not on top of security in that way as much as apple or google because apple and google have departments who are just for that 24 7 probably or at least throughout 247 365 i'm sure whereas if something zealous or malicious were to happen to fortnite not due to the company but due to hackers or scammers fraudsters whatever could you be assured they would act so quickly and i'm not saying they would or they wouldn't but what i am saying is i would rather leave that in the hands of a company such as apple or google because they're much more well they become much more liable as well because they know if something really does go tits up that that's a big problem for them i mean apple- so I, I don't think we can blame these tech companies that the two have mentioned as much as what the media lets out this is that I don't think there is an antitrust case to answer here because they're doing it for the right reasons. They're not doing it to be difficult. Now, the question then could come in, well, why charge 30%? You can then say, because the 30% is the fee to not only be on the store, but also to have that added layer of protection. And they do provide the protection so that they can charge the price. And then the other argument is, well, they're just trying to make profit themselves by saying, if you don't use our way, you're not coming on our app store. So give us money or else. It's a difficult one. But then again, to be on a platform, you sometimes have to pay money. That's that's but- just the way of it that companies make profit so they have to pay apple a, a cut Bear. but then the question comes in is 30 percent too much so there's a lot of things to answer here. there's a lot of things to look at it's not just a simple clear-cut case but i think apple and google have some leg to stand on with it bearing in mind you have to pay to be on the ios platform even before in-app purchases yeah yeah, you have to pay your license. yeah but it's not as if they've changed but, the goalposts these are oh no i know i i, I think that's why i kind of tried to make that clear this is this is a 
rule that everyone has always had to follow. It, it, there are preferential treatments when it comes to things like subscriptions. We do know about that in the past, although Apple have tried to clear that up a bit more recently. But yeah, as I 100% agree with you, this is like, it's not like Apple have got, picked them out for something random or, you know, just tried to screw them over. Same with Google. This is 100% how the rules work on this platform. Now, a little bit on two sides of the fence when it comes to the antitrust case. I see both sides. I'm probably more with you in the fact that this is the walled garden. This is what you play with. Um, the thing I would say is The Verge have the headline here. Uh, Apple stumbled into a war with the gaming industry and the future of iOS is at stake. Now, one thing. At what point have we ever gone iOS, a gaming platform? Absolutely. iOS has never been anything more than a casual gaming platform. Apple even named their gaming thing Apple Arcade, like shoehorning them into the casual gaming sector pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't think Apple particularly care. Apple make more money off of selling productivity apps than they do games, I imagine. Eh, probably they make more of in-app purchase games, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know, it seems a bit sensationist on, on, on both sides. Um, I think the cloud gaming story is a little more interesting. Um, I, I think Epic thing, Epic story is just like, they broke a rule, both stores took them off, and now they're crying out about it. Um, but I think the cloud gaming thing is, is pretty interesting, because obviously Google allowed the cloud gaming stuff uh, on their platform, whereas Apple don't. Apple, I imagine, so from what I understand, the cloud gaming is you sign up to a subscription and then you can basically play a various number of games behind said subscription. Imagine like Netflix, but for games. Um, and I'm assuming the uh, games don't run on the phone. So I believe they might run in the cloud somewhere. Kind of like the old um, on cloud. I forget. Like It's like 10 years ago. With like the G4, or the NVIDIA stuff, G4 stuff they do now. But um, I imagine Apple are going to cite things like um, they obviously, if it's if it's a subscription for games that you pay one subscription for, which is what the app is, um, and then you get access to basically whatever's behind that. Apple don't vet each of those games, which I assume is what Apple are going to go after. Um, Apple very much like to have control over everything. Um, so I would imagine that is going to be a little bit harder to fight because I probably side more with the likes of Microsoft and, and Google on that one. I, I think that rule makes less sense. They've almost got them on a kind of an arbitrary rule um, and I imagine it, it doesn't look great for Apple from an antitrust point of view at the moment for things like that based on the fact that Apple Arcade that's what's a subscription they started charging for almost a year ago now and all of a sudden they're, they're not letting others join in and whatnot it kind of I can probably see from that point of view where it doesn't look so great for them mm. um, it almost looks like they've created their own subscription platform and then told everyone else to get out um, which again technically well within their right but i think uh, the age old it's their platform they can do what they want with it does only stretch so far well that's and and that's that's the thing because the question is now that that would typically be the case but the question comes into play that because these companies are so big and that's the differentiating factor because they're so big they have such a clout they have such an influence they are one of few it then becomes a question of antitrust it becomes a question of anti-competition 
petition using your power to you know for for, for extenuating circumstances abusive power so on and so forth whatever sort of allegations people make and that's a, that's that's not a new thing but in this industry in recent times it's new and i say recent times i mean the last 10 ish years because that's the time which these services have become so big that they are a power in themselves and i talk about apple google facebook microsoft to some extent they all have the power because they have so many users they have so many different points of contact that all of a sudden do the rules change for them should the rules change for them and that's a question that's only being asked officially now in 2020 because it typically what you find especially in technology is the issue exists for so long before anyone actually officially does anything about it in in the eyes of the law or court and so on and so forth just look at gdpr just look at the de bill the de act so on and so forth things that come along it takes a long time for laws to change takes a long time for industry regulation to change and it takes a while for the problem to sort of bed itself in and then for people to experience the problem get fed up with it and then for some sort of industry regulation or regulator or government to realize this is a problem and act accordingly or not as the case may be and so you hit the nail on the head there and it, it, it could be the case that it is a problem and it, it becomes the problem because of their sheer size are they abusing the fact they have so many users in the app store that they know they will get the 30 percent because they know people have developers have literally nowhere else to go apart from the play store but then the play store does something similar so yeah i get it i i get both sides and i i I don't have all of the information in front of me fact checked and and so on to make the right call on that i i wouldn't feel qualified at this point in time to do so even though i know the backstory and have done from 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 day one nearly i just don't feel i I don't know that there's more to this story than meets the eye and it 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 deserves and needs a lot of attention i feel not just because of Fortnite because of a lot of apps and a lot of developers this is why i just want to watch both companies absolutely go at it in the courtroom or whatever exactly yeah it's just just gonna be fun to watch it's like that's what i'm saying like so many people just like picking sides and oh this is apple versus android ironically um and stuff like that and it's just like who cares let's just what see what the outcome is there's nothing we can do um so just i mean it sounds really dumb but when stuff like this happens so many people pick a side and it's like you realize you're you know this is billionaires versus billionaires like you signing with them isn't going to make any difference like this is just who can spend <laughs> appreciate more your support money. Yeah, exactly it's just i don't know it just seems a little bit silly to uh come to fortnite's defense or to apple's defense or, or microsoft or whomever at this point um the outcome is the outcome i think we've got bigger fish to fry when it comes to some of these companies antitrust policies obviously we know what's going on in america at the moment with all these companies embroiled in it um so yeah i'm kind of interested to see bigger picture or longer term picture we, we've already seen things like apple obviously getting a little bit of pressure on antitrust and all of a sudden you can now set your default browser and default email client on ios like even just putting the pressure on these companies might might be uh, good for us in the long run so uh i'm enjoying seeing companies stand up to others i think that's a good thing um it's a shame it does take like i say billionaires versus billionaires um you go back to talking about the you know the, the company with the lo- the, the pair logo and i appreciate apple have probably just put in some kind of injunction or, or whatever but they probably don't have the grounds to fight it or the money to fight it and i think i think things like that are a bit of a shame and that's where so 
much of our worldwide, so much of the court system and, and the way kind of the legal system is set up falls down slightly. Mm. Um, not that it favors the big guy, but it's just like the little guy just, you know, don't have the funds to fight. So much of the legal world is how much money do you have? It takes whether yeah. you win or not, um, which just the big companies are obviously, these companies make tens of billions every quarter or every year or whatever. It's, of course, they're going to they're gonna win most battles or they're going to at least be able to make these battles go away or be done behind closed it's, doors. Or you know, Don't be surprised to see Fortnite turn up in a week's time and no more said about it. Like I, I would fully expect that to happen knowing how, how certain things in the past have gone. Like Stuff just gets sorted behind closed doors or money changes hands or whatever. A lot of the times the case that they don't even get to court with the big companies because the risk of losing is just too great. Of course, exactly. as you said, the companies, the bigger ones will 100% go to a courtroom because they don't care how much the case costs. A lot of the time they have insurance for every case they'll get anyway and if they don't, they have the money to pay it. Whereas the, the, the small guys, even if they have a significant chance of winning, there's always the risk they won't. And if they don't, a lot of the time, if not all the time, they're responsible for the big guy's court fees. So, yeah, it, it, it exactly, it doesn't allow for, for smaller companies to speak up all of the time. And a lot of the time, it takes an industry regulator to do it on their behalf. And to do that, there needs to be a consistent concurrent problem or theme, and it needs to be widespread as opposed to just a small problem. This is widespread, and so that's why it's interesting to see a biggish developer taking Apple head on with it at the moment. And it, it could potentially change things in the future for other developers. It also might not. We'll see. Google accidentally enabled a feature for Google Home users which let the smart speaker listen to the sounds of objects in their house. The user online spotted a notification on his phone from a spark, spark speaker. <laughs> smart speaker. We could call it a sparker. Smart speaker. No, I will not will not come up with, 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 with slang terms. No, we'll call it a smart speaker. Uh, it alerted him to the fact that his smoke alarm was going off while he was cooking. Usually Google Home devices only respond to its active wake words, such as okay <clears throat> or hey. <clears throat> but in this instance, the speaker was listening out to a passive sound and made, quote, my dumb smoke detectors smart. So other users reported getting alerts for the sound of glass breaking, popped bubble wrap, an air compressor tank, other high-pitched noises that sound like alarms. In a statement to uh, Protocol, a Google spokesperson said that this feature was accidentally enabled through a recent software update, which has now been reversed. Although the feature provides greater security, it is a trade-off for less privacy. Google has adamantly pushed that the only way a smart speaker will listen to users is via its wake word. Obviously, this use of ambient monitoring for other reasons leads to the question about what else Google will request to monitor in the future, especially since all that stands in the way of a user's acquisition of privacy and a policy that will never really be read by many. So th- I think a lot of people were surprised in the first place this was a feature, this was a thing it was possible for this device to do it i.e. your smoke alarm's going off. That would be interesting. I think I guess the guy was very confused in the first place how it, uh, it knew. I think it's quite a cool feature. We know Amazon Echoes does something, uh, do something similar but I think it's quite a cool feature. Um, be able to be alerted that, oh, you know that sounds like a window breaking or oh, that sounds like your, smart detect- uh, your smoke detectors are going off. Um, I think it's very very cool things but unfortunately we we live in this day and age where we just can't trust any of this stuff um i think not that many years ago if this would have been a feature rolled out we would have been chomping at the bit to have this type of
up thing and mm. you know it's a groundbreaking feature but in 2020 where we've come to that stark realization of just how much stuff is listening to us you know i was just reading a story earlier today about I, i've read this story actually or multiple people have, have have tweeted this question kind of over the past few weeks but someone was talking about just talking to another person in the house about um calling a, a plumber in or something for a clogged uh, sink in the house and all of a sudden like a couple hours later they were getting sink ads or sink <laughs> unblocker ads on their phone having searched nothing for it um and it's stuff like that where people are really starting to realize it's like actually how much stuff is listening to us mm. um how much stuff is passively listening to us without us talking to it you know like the this article mentions google have been pretty adamant that it requires the wake word um to start listening to you but clearly through just a erinous software update whether it was actually erinous or not is a whole other thing they can turn on features completely out of the blue that will allow it to listen all the time now again i don't think google had any you know they weren't trying to do anything malicious with this feature at all um i genuinely think it's like sometimes they put features in there because they want to sell more devices like not everything has an ulterior motive but unfortunately that is the world we live in today where people will see this kind of feature rightfully so and go okay so is it listening all the time or um because to be able to hear and and work out what those triggers are we already know um so a lot of things you talk to your phone or you talk to these uh, your echo or your google home or whatever it gets sent off to another server that tries to work out what you're asking and then comes back to the device so little of it is actually done on device so so much of what you say goes out into the wider world um, hence the reason a lot of these things don't work if you are offline so all of a sudden if it's having to do smoke detector detection and then glass breaking detection online what else is it recording how much is going you know is it recording every sound it hears every time the mic goes above you know 50 decibels or something is it is it is it going oh i'm going to record this and work out what it is but i'm going to have to send it off to a server in america or wherever to do this it, I, I think there are so many questions this type of thing raises compared to how useful of a feature it is you know i think it is a useful feature but man it's just scary when you realize it's so easy for these devices to be switched to uh, always listening they it only takes you know probably amazon google apple whomever just a, a few lines of code and they can take away ever having to listen to the wake word and uh mm. it's listening all the time to you now and it's going to answer any question you shout out like it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's so scary what should place. i have for dinner tonight yeah hmm. i don't know Aaron. yeah imagine asking your significant other it's like, what do you want for dinner tonight and then your alexa just pops up and goes well, uh, i'd quite like spaghetti <laughs> exactly yeah it, it's a clear privacy concern and it's one thing for google to say wait we're adamant that you must use the wake word well clearly not and it's not good enough to say you must use the wake word i even though we just messed up and put something in the code I, they say it was accidental was it really was was it was it a, a bug well not a bug obviously the, the, the feature had to be there for them to, to activate it whether accidentally or not but was it accidental that they pushed it or did they try and push it to test it or was everything, it just a flaw through the update or who knows everything is accidental or everything is intentional until someone finds out about it then it's accidental mm, mm, exactly yeah. normally how it goes in pr world yeah it's not the only privacy worry this week. Instagram have been found out to have kept deleted photos and messages on their servers for more than a year. When you delete something from Instagram, you're expected to be gone for good. Wiped, zipped, 
gone. When security researcher Sigurd Pokharel requested a copy of photos and direct messages from the photo sharing app, he was sent data he had deleted more than a year ago, showing that the information had never been entirely removed from Instagram's servers. Instagram says this was due to a bug in its system that's now fixed. He was rewarded a $6,000 bug bounty for highlighting the problem. As reported online, he discovered the bug in October last year and says it was fixed earlier this month. The researcher reported an issue where someone's deleted Instagram images and messages would be included in a copy of their information if they used our download your information tool on Instagram. We've fixed the issue and we've seen no evidence of abuse. We thank the researcher for reporting this issue to us. So again, it, it's we will never know. Was it a case of a genuine incident or, or, or sorry, mistake or accident? Or was it a case that they knew about it and they just weren't too worried or they didn't test well enough? Or It's hard to know. Top comment in the comments sums it up perfectly and goes off just what we were saying. It's always bugs with these companies when it's something like this comes out always a bug mm. but it's so hard to prove otherwise oh exactly but it's like you can see right through them half the time i mean a few people pointing out what would they want to do with all photos anyway and someone and brings up a good point you can use photos for facial image uh, facial or image recognition um you know artificial intelligence machine learning sell them off to other companies to do the same thing um not a great thing for privacy um this is a bug or a feature or whatever you want to call it that has come up more than once um with many companies we've read so many stories over the years of companies that this was meant to be deleted but it is not um it i think it's made people very skeptical on the web these days that when they click delete on anything it's like yeah it's probably not actually deleted um i know we've always said don't put anything online don't say anything online that you wouldn't want to be public at some point because i think that's a a pretty good rule of thumb to go by um absolutely and also it's the case that you can say well, the, the genuine advice that we would give is, is don't put it online if you don't want anyone else to see it and if you if, if you if you don't want it to be 100% public but also don't put it online if you want to remove it pretty quickly after and because as soon as it's online and someone sees it someone can save it that, that, that's just a way of it whether or not you, you like it or not someone can save it so even if you delete it someone else could have a copy and someone else could put it back online I'm not saying they will but th- there's always the potential that's just that, that, is that not just clearly obvious um, and normally there won't be a reason for someone to do so but it's just the way it can be so but the the responsibility lies with the companies and especially now with gdpr overlaying onto data protection instagram could have a problem on their hands if or could have at least they might not now because they again put it down to a bug and that might in some way relinquish a layer of responsibility but it doesn't mean that they're still not responsible gdpr mandates that eu citizens have a right of access to their data allowing them to request a copy of all information the company stores in them within a reasonable amount of time um exercising this right the information you receive isn't always self-explanatory but obviously instagram's easy enough to sort through so they provide i guess dm uh contents i don't know if they have follow well, no probably not follower followee content but but photos that are stored any data they have on you as well so <laughs> Hmm. It's not clear how widespread the issue was for a start. Did it affect one person? Did it affect 10,000, the whole user base? Um, it's not obviously an uncommon problem. Whenever we delete data from an online service, there's usually some lag of specified time or unspecified time rather before the data is fully removed. For Instagram, the company says it usually takes around 90 days to completely remove data. Security researchers have found similar issues with other services in the past, including Twitter, which retained uh, direct messages between users for years after they were supposedly deleted as well. But again, you would hope that through GDPR, that time was was much shorter now than what it has been in the past. 
The real problem is it's the same thing. You delete something on your computer, you don't always delete it. You just delete the, 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 the root structure set up to it. It's still there. It's only when it's overwritten by something else it will, will go unless you zero, right? In which case you've 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 more chance of deleting. But once something's created digitally, it is hard to it's not the same as an analog form of storage in that you have a tape and you destroy the tape or burn it or cut it, whatever, you, you destroy it. It's not quite the same. Obviously not making an excuse for the companies that, that don't take this seriously enough it's just the fact that even on your own devices machines when you delete something it's not always deleted and that is sometimes the beauty and sometimes the dangers of digital devices what do you think i know it's hard to say do you think it was a genuine mistake or do you think i I think it was and so i'd be very cynical of companies in terms of privacy and storing data but i don't i don't think i I don't really know if they have anything to to gain from keeping photos that have been deleted they can't use them for anything well i mean that's kind of what i was saying it's like they can actually use them for stuff um can they though really yeah machine learning uh facial recognition Mm, it's it's all training i mean you've just got to look at the company that owns instagram but uh i think i think things like this are a bug as well i think we've seen it all too often i think genuinely sometimes you know every company makes mistakes every app is written by humans most apps are written by humans um i won't be surprised if this is if, if this is a bug you're right when you say uh so many things when we delete them online they often say this will be deleted within 30 days or whatever there is there is a cool down period normally um but yeah just a bug but does make you a little bit worried want to be aware of it's a general reminder if if you don't want it to go public go viral expect everything you put online to go viral and you won't be disappointed that's essentially the best piece of advice we can ever give also speaking of advice before we end this week i have had multiple texts from hm revenue and customs i now have an annual tax refund due which i know i don't but i do because the text says so and if i go to the link if i just press on that link that they give me which doesn't look like hmrc's website somehow it will get me my tax refund brilliant and also my my phone provider's bill oh my my car details aren't valid oh dear i just need to update them by using the link which is provided which again doesn't look anything like the one that well actually it does it does look similar to the one that you would use to go on to my mobile phone provider's website the moral of the story is cross check what you get because obviously both are indeed scams of of different natures so and i'm saying this in a show where most people listening are into technology and will be more than aware of it so the reminder isn't for you who join us and take the time to listen the reminder is if you have someone you know who might not be as savvy or use technology as often just give them a friendly reminder if you have an example yourself if you know, use those examples share them with people say oh i got this and obviously that's a scam because and explain why it's a scam and what they should and shouldn't do because even in 2020 so many people are caught out and it's easy to do it, it really is especially with the the likes of that phone provider one because it's all in house you think oh yeah because my, subsequently, the same day, I actually did get a text from my phone provider telling me my bill was available to view online. And I'm nearly sure. Sh- do they provide a link? Let me see. That would be interesting to know. Yeah, they do. You get to go view it online, click here, and it provides a link. And it is the link to the site to view my bill. And so the two can be can be very similar. And that's how easy it is. And, and the more who are aware of it, the, the more it's talked about, hopefully the less likely people are to get caught out. So be aware. If it's too good to be true, it is. That does us for this week's episode of the show, 512. Join us next week for 513. Until then, you can find more episodes. 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 Should we, should we call them episodes in future? Aren't? Episodes. I like it. Episodes. Episodes of the show over at munchtech.tv. If you're listening on your mobile device, munchtech.tv forward slash mobile for our newsletter, munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter. The ultimate guide to podcasting, munchtech.tv forward slash ultimate podcast guide. And... 
Last but not least, our interview with Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of that very small company which we spoke about throughout the show, Apple, munchtech.tv forward slash was. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Have a great, safe, sensible, enjoyable week. And we'll see you next week on episode 513. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.